When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up. Get your sorry ass up. Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. I ain't never seen, I ain't never seen you before, huh? Man, go tell the coach you need some help. We gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning at Sports Fanatic MB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo. Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. All right, so for today's episode, as I mentioned on yesterday's episode, I'll be running solo today as Mr. Matthew Fox has got some stuff going on with work and he will not be able to join me. Uh, just going to continue doing what we did yesterday. I will run through the rest of the Week 16 championship games and then obviously the Monday Night Football game last night between the Packers and the Vikings. Just kind of go over the uh, scores uh, that all the players put up. As I mentioned, if you won or lost your championships as I lost all three of the ones that I was in last night, unfortunately. You probably don't want to hear much more about this season. It's kind of time to move on already. At least that's the, the attitude and motto that I have taken already on to 2020. So we're going to go over what the players did and then kind of the main questions I have moving into the off season. First and 10 at the... Lions 29 and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott, touchdown. 38 on the screen. Second down and 10, takes the snap, gives it, Chubb runs, he's to the 15, he's to the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, there goes Chubb, he's to the 30, 20, 10, 
from Adam. Case on a deep throb, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Nick. Stay oh above. my God! Oh my God! All right, we're going to kick it off with the Dolphins and the Bengals. Uh, one of the other games that went into overtime this weekend, the Dolphins pulling out the 38-35 to victory, uh, you know, dropping their uh, their draft stock a little bit there, and moving the Bengals up to being the number one pick, secured number one pick in the 2020 draft. They are now on the clock. All indications point, obviously, to Joe Burrow. So let's start with the Bengals. Andy Dalton, 33-56, 3-96, and four touchdowns in the air, and this one to come in with 35.8 points. Joe Mixon gets you 8.3 points, 50 yards on the ground on 21 carries and just 23 yards in the passing game. Tyler Boyd, huge game this week, 29.3 points, and John Ross as well, 12 points in this one. Boyd, 128 yards on 9 catches and 2 touchdowns. Uh, John Ross, 84 yards on 6 catches. Tyler Eifert continues a, well, I don't want to say down year, but for good for him to stay pretty much healthy the entire year. 57 yards and a touchdown on four catches. We'll be interested to see if he's able to uh, continue uh, playing and into the offseason. I know he did just sign a new contract uh, the, this season or earlier this season. I mean, he was a guy that was a, was a top tight end or for a long time every year before he kept getting hurt. So it'll be interesting if he can return to that. With the Bengals, obviously the big decision is going to be what do they do? with their main key players here. I mean, there's obviously a lot of talk that they're going to go Joe Burrow. He's an Ohio kid. They need a quarterback. Uh, And and then what's going to happen with A.J. Green? I think I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast now. I'd love to see him... uh, I don't want to say be allowed to move on. He is a free agent. I believe they can franchise tag him. I doubt they do that. Uh, but allow him to kind of go on his own way and, and get on a contending team. Hopefully he's be able to stay healthy and, and allow him to finally get into playoffs. One of the better people in the game all around. I'd love to see him on a contending team and get a shot to win a ring. Uh, but this team is changing over. And I don't think Green leaving is a bad thing either. If he does, you've got guys like Tyler Boyd, John Ross. Auden Tate showed a lot earlier in this year before he got hurt. They've got a nice young wide receiver core with three guys that they can build around. They could probably grab a guy in this draft, maybe two. This draft is definitely going to be loaded with wide receivers if they do decide to go Burrow at one. Obviously, a lot of other things to figure out as well in this team. Uh, I mean, I would say for the most part, this division is loaded. You know, Pittsburgh's going to be good every year. Baltimore, the AFC champs, uh, not just North, but AFC champs, the number one seed. Browns, you would think, and maybe this is me just being a little bit a uh, hopeless idiot, uh, do think they'll possibly get it turned around next year as well. So tough division for sure for the Bengals, uh, but I do think they're going to be headed in the right direction, no matter who they take, whether it's Burrow or Chase Young, I think they're going to be all right. On the Dolphins side here, so Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to give them wins. Three, 31 of 52, 419 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Just gets nine yards on the ground this week. Comes in with 32.7 points. They finally give the ball to Miles Gaskin a lot in this one. Uh, I thought should have gone to him earlier. Loved this kid out of Washington last year, or coming out of college last year. 55 yards on 16 carries and one touchdown in this one. Just three yards in the receiving game. 
gets you 12.3 points. Devontae Parker, though, continues to ball out 19.6 points. And Albert Wilson, 12.3. Parker, 111 yards on five catches and one touchdown. Wilson, 79 yards on seven catches. And then Mike Gusecki as well, 82 yards and two touchdowns on six catches in this one. He is a guy that, uh, you know, I... I guess it's fair to say I've kind of been down on for most of the season and has really kind of turned it around uh, 23.2 points in this one. So for me, Dolphins side, I guess it's really going to be what do they do with all their draft stock? They obviously have a ton of picks coming into this draft. You've got Josh Rosen sitting on your bench. If he's not the answer, what quarterback do they take in the draft? I think with the the kind of resurgence or, or what we all were hoping if you were and I was a Devontae Parker fan when he came out of Louisville I mean if you were a fan of these guys it's what you were hoping to see for a long time we, we saw Kenyon Drake kind of ball out in Arizona maybe he just wasn't getting the ball enough they definitely need another running back in my opinion I love Miles Gaskin he's not a guy that I think can carry the load I think everybody has finally started to realize that Balazs is not good which we've been saying for the past couple of years now uh, so they definitely need themselves a, a running back need a bunch of other pieces it obviously starts at the quarterback position need to get the Josh Rosen thing figured out but I think they've got themselves at least if not a one close to a one in Devontae Parker maybe they need another wide receiver I, I think the wide receiver core might be okay around them and I think they've got their future tied in and Mike Kosicki uh, while I was obviously higher on Andrews when they came out Mike Kosicki kind of blew up the combine with all those incredible numbers that he put up and kind of vaulted himself to that tight end one uh, on the board but he was raw he was he was not a at anywhere near a complete tight end not saying that Andrews was either Andrews was by far a very good offensive tight end not still not good at blocking but that's okay. They don't need him to block. That's why Hayden Hurst and Nick Boyle are there. Uh, but Mike Kosicki has shown uh, really this year that he has, I think, the ability to be a, just like Mark Andrews, a very good offensive tight end. So if you've been holding on to him, I think he paid off for you this year. and looks like he could be uh, you know, really big for their future plans moving forward. Next up... Steel, nope, we're going to go Jaguars and Falcons. I apologize. I forgot we skipped that game yesterday. I wanted to get the Denver game in with Matt. So the Jaguars and the Falcons. The Falcons pull off the 24-12 victory in this one. For the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew gets you 14.8 points in this one. Just 181 yards on one touchdown on 13-31. Does add 36 yards on the ground. Leonard Fournette, 71 yards on 15 carries. Adds 34 yards in the receiving game to get you 12 points in this one and then Chris Conley two good games in a row here 12.6 points in this one 56 yards one touchdown two catches uh DJ Chark first game back from an injury just 18 yards on two catches and DD Westbrook just five yards on two catches Jacksonville, I feel like this is going to be this, almost the same thing as, as uh, the, the Bengals. The, the difference with the Bengals and really the Dolphins is that they have their head coaches moving forward. We don't know if uh, Doug Marone is still going to be there next year. He'll be someone we'll, I'm sure, talk about on the Thursday podcast with uh, Tony and Matt as we talk about the coming up Black Monday here this week. Uh, Monday, the com- next coming Monday, really, after week 17. Usually we see about seven to eight head coaches fired. I imagine Marone's going to be one of those guys that a lot of people are talking about if he is back do they stick with Minshew do they go back to Foles in the offseason that's going to be big I think we need to reevaluate uh this wide receiver core I think I've been talking about it all year long DJ Chark is the number one I don't think DD Westbrook is as good as we all hoped he was going to be I was someone who thought he could be a good wide receiver he has not shown much of anything these past two years. Now, maybe him getting kind of put behind DJ Chark and getting a full offseason with whomever their quarterback is going to be is going to help him. But the fact that he hasn't been able to do much of anything in two years, I think, kind of hurts him a little bit. 
I think they definitely need to find themselves a tight end as well. And what do they do with Leonard Fournette? He is under contract for one more year. Do they try and extend him? He's still young. Do they trade him? Regardless, I think this defense is still good. I think just in the back half, this team has really kind of fallen apart. A lot of that, I think, was on Tom Coughlin, who obviously got let go. And, and the whole team and players seem to celebrate that, which I think tells you a lot. Uh, so I do think this de- this team is close altogether. This defense, you know, is just a year removed or two years removed from being in the AFC championship in one I wouldn't even say bad pass by Blake Bortles, but one like great play by Stephon Gilmore away from going to the Super Bowl. So this is still a good team. I think they really only lost a couple pieces on it. I think they're still a good team. Got a couple good draft picks. Let's see what they do at quarterback and at head coach. For the Atlanta Falcons, they're another team with a question at the head coach position. This team has definitely kind of turned it on here in the back half and are playing for Dan Quinn, which is good to see. I like Dan Quinn. I think he's a good head coach. You know, much like we were just talking about with the Jaguars, he actually got his team to the Super Bowl. And I think a a bad play call by Kyle Shanahan when you should have just run the ball on third down, you almost run the clock out in that one and there's no way the Patriots can come back and, and tie you send it into overtime and win you're up 24 to 3 I believe or 28 to 3 whatever it was I don't even remember uh, but I know Falcons fans do uh, you know he's one one bad play call away from having himself a Super Bowl and Matt Ryan a Super Bowl I think even if they went into this year with that if they had the Super Bowl Dan Quinn's still getting another year so we'll see what they do uh, Arthur Blank has not come out and, and I think really said either way they said they were going to keep evaluating him they'd give him the dreaded vote of confidence usually that's not a great thing. We'll see if that ends up playing out well for him. He is, again, one of those guys we'll talk about on Black Monday. Matt Ryan goes 32 of 45, though. 384 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Comes in with 18 points on the week. Devonta Freeman has a huge week here. Gets a rushing touchdown this one. 53 yards on 13 carries. Does add 74 yards and a touchdown on nine catches as well to come in with 29.2 points. And then Julio Jones, 21.6 points in this one. 160 66 yards on 10 catches. Austin Hooper uh, has himself a little bit of a bounce back game as well. We were, I was worried about him with the injury, but I did say now is the time to start playing him. He has himself a very good day as well. Here's 11.7 points in this one was uh, 82 yards on seven catches. So, all in all, I don't think Atlanta has much to worry about. The unfortunate part, I think, for Dan Quinn is the biggest question marks come on that defense. Their defense has just not been good the past couple seasons. I think this offense is still good to go. I mean, you had Calvin Ridley get hurt here at the end of the year. Austin Hooper got hurt as well. Middle of the year, missed a couple games. I think, really, their offense is okay. I do think they probably need to find another running back. I think Freeman's kind of on the downside here. Uh, but regardless, I don't think they have much on offense they need to worry about. It's that defense that they need to to look into so we'll see what they do that's my biggest question is what they do at head coach and uh how they how they manage uh, picking up some defensive players in the draft this does have a a decent class of defensive players as well kind of getting overlooked due to how heavy the wide receiver running back class is and, and quarterback class somewhat i think it's a lot more top heavy uh than others think but has a little bit of depth to it all right, now we are definitely going to do the Steelers and the Jets. Uh, another game that turned out the way I needed it to at the time. Obviously, I needed the Jets to win and hoping that the Browns would make the playoffs that they needed to win their Baltimore game, which uh, obviously did not happen. Uh, but the Jets did pull off the win here, 16-10. to on the Steelers' side here, Mason Rudolph, 14 to 20, 129 yards and a touchdown came in for Duck Hodges, got hurt. He will actually now be out the rest of the season in Rudolph. So Hodges comes back in just 11 to 17, 84 yards and two interceptions. Duck gets 1.4 points. 
James Conner, 32 yards on six carries in this one. Uh, doesn't do anything in the receiving game. Ends up getting hurt as well. Comes out. I don't think he's going to be playing this week either. Just 3.2 points. Jalen Samuels, seven yards on three catches, 32, or I'm sorry, seven yards on three carries, 32 yards on four catches, gets you 5.9 points in this one. James Washington, 6.6 points in this game, 41 yards on five catches. And then Deontay Johnson continues to be kind of a guy who's rising up here a little bit, especially with Duck, although his his touchdown did come from Mason Rudolph. 81 yards and a touchdown on eight catches in this one. So Deontay Johnson, another good game for him. 18.1 points in this contest. For the Steelers, I think really it comes down to... Big men next year. I mean, this team is obviously, they're still in the playoff hunt playing with their fourth string quarterback. I think their offense is fine. You've seen Juju out most of the season, James Conner out most of the season, and Big Ben obviously out since I believe it was game two or three. So Big Ben coming back being healthy. We've seen all the reports that Pittsburgh believes he'll be back and healthy and ready to go in 2020. If that's the case, I think Pittsburgh's going to be right there with Baltimore again challenging for this division. I think that was why for me, if it, to, you know, it always comes back to the Browns for me, right? Right, guys, that was why it was such a big deal, I think, for me to win the Browns to win it this year because this was by far their best shot at at least, if not winning the division, getting into the playoffs because next year you're going to have Baltimore likely just as good, if not better, than what they are this year. And same thing with Pittsburgh. And so Browns are going to be in a dogfight again, as it almost always is in the AFC North. Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be just fine moving forward. We know they're not moving on from Tomlin. It's all going to come down to what's going to go on with Big Ben. On the Jets side here, my goodness, did the Jets have some questions. Saw a article come out earlier today on Adam Gase. We'll get to that in a little bit. Sam Darnold, though, has himself an okay day. 16 to 26, 183, and a touchdown in the air. 11.6 points. Le'Veon Bell goes a little bit of revenge game against his old team. Gets 11.3 points in this one. 72 yards on 25 carries, adds 21 yards on four catches. Jamison Crowder, 60 yards on four catches to get you eight points. And then Robbie Anderson gets a nice touchdown on this one, comes in with 10.2 points. 32 yards, two catches, and a touchdown. For the Jets, it'll obviously be can Sam Darnold and Adam Gase take a step forward next year. We all thought that that was going to happen this year. Some are going to say it's because of the mono, and and I won't say that that might not be the reason. They are 6-9 and nine now. I mean, they're, they're, they've been playing somewhat well ever since Darnold came back. I, I do think we'll, that'll be the big question going into the offseason is can Gase and them move forward. I have been very open and honest on this podcast that I don't think Adam Gase is a very good head coach. He came out today and said he doesn't care what the fans say because he is rich as fuck dumbest shit i've ever heard but that's whatever he's a weird dude and i I just don't uh i've never thought he was a good head coach like i said i know me and matt have kind of gone matt fox have gone against uh or had not, I want to say a debate against it, but we've we've said multiple times he thinks Adam Gase is an okay coach, and I just don't. I, I think a lot of it his his accolades come from when he had like Peyton Manning, and I don't remember who the other quarterback was before that, but someone good as well as his quarterbacks. And Matt likes to bring up the Tim Tebow thing, and I mean, yeah, he did win some games, but I, I just I don't think Adam Gase is that good. Uh, and I point right to Miami. He was not ever able to do anything with Miami. Look at what Ryan Tannehill is now doing in Tennessee and what Miami is doing in general with a team that they've completely given away all of their talent. And now Brian Flores has them with three wins, four wins. Like I can't even remember off the top of my head here. Let's see here. Dolphins have four wins. They're four and 11. And, and Brian Flores is doing that with a ton of the talent gone off that team. And Adam Gase could not get him to work together. So, 
for me, I think it's just, I think it speaks more to Adam Gase is not a good head coach. I doubt he gets fired. I will definitely bring him up, see what the other guys think when we talk on Thursday about the Black Monday stuff. Uh, but Adam Gase is a coach that I think I would, in all honesty, probably get rid of. But that's easy to say for me as someone who just doesn't think the guy's that good of a coach. Next up, Raiders and Chargers. Raiders, very interestingly, have a shot to make it into the playoffs. So we'll talk about the Chargers side first as we, we get into the Raiders second. Uh, the Raiders do win, though, 24-17. Chargers, Phillip Rivers continues a, a just kind of a down year for him and a bad year. 27-39, 279 in the air in this one. He comes in with 11.2 points. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler both have somewhat bounce-back games, so if you were able to survive their Week 15 outings uh, and you made it into Week 16 championships, they likely helped you, or at least hopefully helped you get into a championship. Gordon, 19.7 points in this one. Just 15 yards on nine carries, but does get you two touchdowns uh, in this one and adds 32 yards on six catches in the receiving game. And then Austin Eckler, just 11 yards on four carries, but adds 58 yards on five catches to come in with 9.4 points. Keenan Allen continues to produce not getting into the end zone, unfortunately, though. 71 yards on five catches to get you 9.1 points. Mike Williams, 51 yards on three catches to get you 6.6 points. And then Hunter Henry has a nice little bounce back game for the most part. 45 yards on five catches, seven points in this one. Obviously, for the Chargers, I think the big thing's going to be is who's their quarterback going to be? I, I, they Obviously, Phillip Rivers is out of contract. I, I don't know if they would just honestly just up and move on from him, but I kind of think they need to. I mean, he has been not the only reason, but he has been definitely a big reason why they have just not been good this season. It has been a bad season for them, and it's been a bad season for him. He's Me and Matt Fox have talked about it multiple times on this podcast. just seems like he's fallen off that cliff like Peyton Manning did that last year in Denver. Rivers has come out and said that he wants to continue playing. I don't know if that's still with with Los Angeles. We'll see what happens with them. But for me, that's their biggest question. I still think their defense is good. It was top three against the pass this year. Obviously, need to improve a little bit on the rush. I think that's just because they've got some aging linebackers. They need to bring some new guys in there. But they've got a ton of offensive weapons, uh, which reminds me, I guess the next biggest question for them. What do they end up doing at running back? You've got Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler are both going to be free agents. I think everybody thinks Melvin Gordon, I, I kind of think this too, Melvin Gordon is going to be gone. Uh, they didn't try and pay, or they did try and pay him in fairness to the charges. It just wasn't what Melvin Gordon and his camp wanted. I think he's going to be going. Do they keep Austin Eckler around him? He clearly showed in the first couple games there that he could be an RB1. Um, has a little bit of a, an injury history, not much. I don't know if Austin Eckler can hold up as a one, but he definitely showed at least at the beginning of this season that he could. It'll be interesting if they just end up bringing him back as their top running back. On Oakland's side here, as I mentioned, they got to win, keep themselves in the playoff picture, which is just insane to me. We'll talk about their playoff scenario here in a minute. Derek Carr goes 26 to 32, 91, and a touchdown in this one. Get you 21.9 points. DeAndre Washington feels in great for Josh Jacobs. If you were able to snag him and play him, he likely helped you win a championship. So congratulations to you if you were able to do that. 85 yards on 23 carries and a touchdown. Added 21 yards on two catches in the receiving game. Again, 17.6 points. Hunter Renfro comes back and has a huge game. 20.2 points. Now most of it coming on the 56-yard touchdown play, but also adds altogether 107 yards on seven catches. Tyrell Williams, a little bit of a bounce-back game as well for him. 82 yards on four catches. 10.2 points. And 
Darren Waller, a little bit disappointing, just 5.7 points in this one, 37 yards on four catches. So before we move on to them, the biggest question will be, obviously, they're going into Las Vegas next year. Do they keep Derek Carr? If they do, I don't honestly think they have many questions. They need themselves another wide receiver. I'd like Tyrell Williams. I think he's a two. I think Hunter Renfro, great slot guy. They need that one. Guess what? Draft is loaded with them. I think they're going to be fine there. I do think they keep Richard or Washington to kind of help him with Josh Jacobs. Other than that, they just need to improve the defense some. This team is very good. Again, they're in the playoff hunt in the second year of John Gruden being back here. Moving into Vegas, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I honestly could see them making it next year. They've done a really good job of rebuilding this roster. So, the playoff scenario, what they need for Week 17. All right, so it, I mean, it is a lot like what the Browns had to do this year, although or not this year, these past two weeks. Although I thought their chances were actually very realistic if they could have beaten Baltimore. Uh, and in honesty, I think the Raiders is very realistic this week, and I'm going to say it right now. I think they're going to make the playoffs. All they have to do, their main part is they got to beat Denver, which I do think is not going to be easy. But if they beat Denver, then they need the Steelers to lose, the Titans to lose, which is possible. Steelers going up against the Ravens, although the Ravens are sitting a bunch of their starters. The Titans need to lose, which they are going up against the Houston Texans. And while not a huge matchup, me and Matt talked about it a little bit the other day, we would not be surprised if Houston does really try hard to win that game as they don't want Tennessee to get into the playoffs. Uh, they, they've been definitely a tough team uh, to play and I think would obviously be the better team to get in there so that I think they will play them hard. They need the Colts to win. The Colts are playing the Jaguars so that is a, a also very realistic possibility and then they just need one of these other teams to either win or tie. The Bears, the Lions, the Chargers, or the Patriots. Well guess what? Patriots are playing Miami, and while they have, for the most part, they 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 haven't actually sewed up the second seed. If they lose because they lost a tiebreaker to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs win, they lose that. So the 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 Patriots are going to come out to win. See, that's a very realistic shot of them beating the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I mean, the Chargers have uh, I forgot who the Chargers are playing. I think they have a tough game. So they've got the Chiefs, which I can't imagine they're going to end up pulling that one off. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to go out there because they want to. And get that shot, and then you got the Bears and the Vikings. We'll see. Vikings are pretty much set now in their matchup, so I don't know if they will. Uh, how many of their starters are playing? I'd imagine they play most of them as they're trying to uh, kind of get some more um, consistency going in, and then the Lions and the Packers. So the best shot for the Raiders is obviously the Patriots against Miami, which is very realistic. So if they get all of those things, which are all very realistic. They're going to make the playoffs, and I honestly think it's going to happen. So, like I said, I think Oakland, they're actually going to sneak into the playoffs over the Steelers who are and the Titans who are currently sitting right there. Steelers in, or I think it's Titans in now because of the Steelers' loss. Uh, and Steelers right there on the outside with the Raiders. As I said, uh, it just makes it more frustrating because the Browns could be right there, which are much easier chances. I think all they would have needed was a Steelers and a Titans loss and then beat the Bengals, and they would have been in this weekend. So that's why it continues to be very, very frustrating holiday season if you are a Browns fan. All right, just a couple more games to go here. Cowboys and Philly. Man, oh man, did this one not go the way Cowboys fans wanted it to. Philly winning 17-9. Uh, I mean, let's let's start with Philly Sox. I think they've got a lot less questions. Carson Wentz, 31 of 40, 319 yards and one touchdown. And this one to come in with 19 points. Miles Sanders, man, I've been 
boasting this kid all season long. Hopefully you took him over Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. Uh, if you did, he has definitely balled out for you in the second half. He's been a league winner. 24.1 points, 79 yards and a touchdown on 20 carries, and then 77 yards on five catches in this one. Just an absolute baller. I think that Philly should be, Philly should wise up and get out of here with Jordan Howard. They did cut Jay Ajayi, all this stupid eight backs in the backfield crap. Miles Sanders can be a true three down back, as I said in the preseason. Greg Ward, the best wide receiver on the day with 9.6 points in this one, 71 yards on four catches. Dallas Goddard, 91 yards and a touchdown on nine catches, 19.6 points. Zach Ertz got banged up a little bit in this one, just 4.8 points. Uh, just gets you 48 yards in this one, uh, on, I'm sorry, 28 yards on four catches. Again, got the broken ribs we'll see he's going to be huge for this offense as we already know all their other wide receivers are just beat up did get news today that Deshaun Jackson if they're able to get past the uh wild card round uh the Eagles if they can get past the wild card round can come back and play in that second round so we'll see if they're able to do that for the Eagles side I mean I really don't think they have many questions they need to figure out what they're doing at wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey Deshaun Jackson they're just way too injury or prone I know they have a lot of money tied up in those guys they need to get somebody there they need to work on their offensive line a bit and then outside of that the secondary they're great outside of that and guess what all three of those positions can be had in the draft this year so eagles i think are going to be a good team uh, for years to come doug peterson's been doing a really good job there i still think carson wentz is a good quarterback i made a joke on twitter and got cowboys fans all in their feels about the dak and uh wentz debate popping back up again because wentz was able to pull off the victory here uh, i just i don't think that they're that far off from each other everybody was crowning dak this year when they were playing that mediocre competition and when they actually played tough opponents he kind of shriveled so i i not saying that Dak's a bad quarterback. I think he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I just think Wentz is a little bit better than middle-of-the-road. Dak Prescott, 25 of 44, 265 yards in this one, 11.3 points, did add 7 yards on the ground. Zeke, just 47 yards on 13 carries, did add 37 yards on 7 catches to come in with 11.9 points. Michael Gallup, 98 yards on 5 catches, 12.3 points. Randall Cobb, 73 yards on 5 catches to get you 9.8 points. Cooper, Amari Cooper, 4.4 points in this one, just 24 yards on 4 catches. I mean... Dallas, what can you say? Obviously, nobody, or not, I wouldn't say nobody. Most people think Jason Garrett is gone. Uh, I mean, they, they need a Hail Mary this weekend. They need to obviously win their game and the Eagles to lose. They need to beat the Redskins. They need the Eagles to lose to the Giants, which I guess is possible. I don't see it happen. I think Dallas is out of the playoffs for the most part here. So they already locked up Zeke. Do they lock up Dak? Do they lock up Cooper? Who comes in at, the, at their head coach? If he comes in, is Kellen Moore gone? You know, is Rashard gone at uh, at the defensive coordinator? They've got all kinds of things they need to do here. This whole Cowboys offseason is going to be interesting to watch. As I think from the head coach down, it is going to be very interesting how the changes for this team come. I imagine Dak is still going to stay there. But the fact that they still haven't paid him yet, maybe they franchise tag him. Maybe they transition tag them. Who knows? But I think that's probably the biggest question here is what they do with Dak and Cooper and what they do at the head coach position. I would not be surprised if they let Cooper go with uh, the way he's kind of struggled here on the back end and the way that Gallup has really kind of come on. I still think Cooper's a good wide receiver, as as I've joked on here many a times. Uh, I still think Amari Cooper's a top 12 wide receiver for fantasy and, and, you know, roughly right around there in the NFL, which again makes him a good wide receiver. I just don't think he's one of those elite elite. He's not in the top of the group like he was at the beginning this year. He showed that against stronger competition, he falters, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not a lot of wide receivers can be better than that. That's why there's only a handful of great 
wide receivers, and I don't think Amari Cooper is great. He is right below that. I'm not saying that in a bad way. He's a very good wide receiver. In, in all honesty, and I've said this from the beginning, one of the best route runners you will see, he is. He's phenomenal at running routes. Just got issues with his hands, man, and that's big for a wide receiver. But he's not up there in the Adams and Hopkins and Michael Thomas. And in fairness, no, he had a bad year. Odell, he's not up there with those guys. He's just not. Those are top five guys. Cooper is closer to the 10 to 12 range. Anyways, <clears throat> let's move on. Cardinals and Seahawks. Cardinals win this one 27-13. Kyler Murray got hurt in this one, unfortunately. 11 of 18, 118 yards and one touchdown uh, on the ground. I'm not sorry, one touchdown on the ground, one touchdown in the air. This one to get you 12.7 points. Kenyon Drake continues to just ball out since he's come over to Arizona. 166 yards on the ground, two touchdowns on 24 carries, adds 18 yards on three catches, 31.9 points. He's been a league winner as well if you've been playing him. Will be interesting to see if they keep him. Uh, wide receiver-wise, it was just Larry Fitzgerald. 48 yards and a touchdown on four catches, getting you 12.8 points. So for them, I do think it's obviously improving their offensive line, which for the second year in a row has been really bad improving some of the defense and then what do they do with Kenyon Drake and David Johnson do they keep both of them is it just Drake is it just Johnson I mean Drake is technically going to be a free agent so if they want to keep him they're going to have to either tag him or give him a new deal so we'll see what happens that regardless I think Drake has earned himself some money I've been saying it for years Dennis has as well we've been huge Drake supporters we thought he should be given it a shot somewhere it obviously wasn't working out in Miami I still say that was more Adam Gase and Kenyon Drake as we've seen here now him in Arizona so I think Kenyon Drake, whether he stays with Arizona, moves on to another team. He's definitely gotten himself some money this offseason. Seattle side, my goodness, do I feel for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, 16 of 31, 169 yards and one touchdown on this one to come in with 11 points. Travis Homer, the best running back on the day because he gets you 16 yards on five carries and 26 yards on six catches to come in with 6.5, I'm sorry, 7.2 points. Chris Carson, 6.5 points in this one. 40 yards on eight carries, um, just 20 yards on one catch. Unfortunately, breaks his hip in this one. CJ Prosize goes down in this one as well. Which is unfortunate with them getting closer here to, or not even closer, they have a huge game this weekend, this Sunday night, with the San Francisco 49ers to decide who wins the division and gets the number one seed overall. Uh, and Jacob Hollister, the best receiving option here, 64 yards on five catches to get you 8.9 points. Tyler Lockett, just 12 yards on one catch, and DK Metcalf shut out in this one with just one target, no catches at all. For Seattle, they bring in beast mode. They bring back Robert Turbin. Those guys will be here now for week uh, 17 against the 49ers and then the playoff run, however long it goes. They're, they're in the playoffs. All the NFC teams are already uh, decided. Seeding is all that's up for right now. Again, if Seattle is able to win in Seattle, they actually get the number one seed uh, and win the NFC West. So that'll be definitely interesting. I think San Francisco's got the... Uh, the better, uh, better team right now with the, with less injured players and then uh, everything they've got going for them than Seattle. But it's always hard to go into Seattle and win. Bringing back a guy like Beast Mode, who is just beloved in that area, might give them a little bit of a boost. We'll see what happens. I don't think Beast Mode's going to do much. Uh, you know, but he, he's there and we know the play that he did against the Saints on, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. I'm, I, I forgot. Beastquake, uh, the Beastquake run. That's what it was. Uh, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago, me and Matt Fox for Seattle. Uh, I don't think they have a lot of questions, really. I, I, I love, 
their wide receiver core. Do they bring in another running back uh, with Chris Carson? I mean, Rashad Penny was looking good at times. So I think really they just need to, same as last year, improve that offensive line. Maybe get a couple defensive guys. Do they re-sign Jadavion Clowney? It would probably be the biggest question mark on the defense. Next up, the Sunday night football game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chicago Bears was not much of a game. Kansas City winning this one 26-2-3. Mahomes kind of trolling the Bears fans a little bit, which I thought was a little bit, nah, I'd say classless if I'm being honest. You, can, you, don't, you really don't think Patrick Mahomes, that if Bear fans could have you as their quarterback right now, they wouldn't? Trust me, they would. They'd probably give their left nut for it, so chill out, bro. We know you're good, but come on, don't troll a fan base like that. They'd rather have you over Mitch Trubisky and I'm sure that they are not happy that their GM traded up to get Mitch Trubisky and not you. It wasn't their choice, so chill out. Anyways, he goes off for 25.4 points in this one. 23 of 33, 251 yards and two touchdowns. Does add a rushing touchdown as well with 14 yards. Damian Williams gets back in the mix here. 65 yards on 16 carries. Adds 27 yards and a touchdown on three catches to come in here with... Uh, 16.7 points. Tyree Kill, 9.7 points, 72 yards on five catches. And Travis Kelsey, 74 yards on eight catches and a touchdown to come in with 17.4 points in this one. For Kansas City, I mean, they really don't have a lot of questions. I guess the big one for us fantasy guys is what what they can do at running back. Damian Williams, I would imagine LaShawn McCoy is gone. we got Darwin Thompson, Spencer Ware, uh, Darrell Williams. Do they ever get this figured out? Their defense has come on here at the back uh, back half of the season, so maybe improving their defense some. But all in all, Chiefs very good team. They obviously have one of the best quarterbacks in the league trolling aside. Uh, so I think they, they're really kind of set to go. We'll be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs now. But Chiefs, not a lot of questions they have or are going to have to need to answer here moving into the 2020 offseason. On the Bears side, Mitch Trubisky, 18 to 34, 157 yards, zero touchdowns and zero interceptions, does add 20 yards on the ground, gets you 8.3 points. David Montgomery, just 6.4 points, 20 yards, I'm sorry, it's 57 yards on 13 carries, uh, but does just two yards on one catch, which is, I, I don't even want to go there right now. Tariq Cohen, eight yards on two carries, 25 yards on three catches, 4.8 points and Allen Robinson continues to just be an absolute baller. Just 53 yards on six catches in this one to get you 8.3 points, but by far the most consistent weapon they've had all season long. Four... The Bears. I mean, I don't even know what to say. Anthony Miller, quiet game in this one. Two yards on just one catch. Uh, they've already said they're picking up Mitch's fifth-year option, so can they continue to progress with him? Uh, he's obviously looked good at times this year and then really struggled as well. I think the back half of this season, he's looked good, a lot of it being the fact that they're starting to let him run the ball again, which was huge for them last year. That defense was obviously phenomenal, put him in a lot of great situations, but Mitch rolling out, throwing on the run, doing design QB runs was why that offense was so good last year and why why Mitch was such a good QB for fantasy last year. Matt Nagy, I think, has got a lot of bit of the Freddie Kitchens dilemma going on where they're just trying to get too cute and think they're geniuses and doing these stupid play calls when they don't need to. Just play football. Just play football. You don't have to reinvent the game. It's been working for a long time, guys. Just play football. I think they do need to give David Montgomery the ball more. He is a good back why they keep getting away from him and running the ball and why they don't plan on using him in the passing game is beyond me. The one thing I'll say about that is 
you know, it goes back to maybe I'm, I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, and I'm sure I could be with any NFL coach. Well, I doubt NFL, NFL coaches listen to this, but if you're a coach yourself and you listen to this, for me, when I look at it and you're playing Madden, you have a guy who always brings in a certain running back who you know he's going to throw the ball to in a certain situation. And then you have a running back in there who only he ever runs with it. He doesn't ever use him in the passing game. When you see those running backs coming in at certain times, you already know what they're going to do, at least what they plan on doing. Use David Montgomery in the receiving game. He's good at it, guys. He might not be Tariq Cohen, but guess what? He is damn good at it. Tariq Cohen is not a good running back. He is a great receiver out of the backfield, but he cannot run the ball worse shit. Let David Montgomery do everything. Use Tariq Cohen in, in interesting ways. Interesting ways. There's nothing wrong with that. You guys got to utilize your better weapons. And David Montgomery, in my opinion, is better than Tariq Cohen. It's a little bit, like I said, I think it's just that genius complex coming out where they're trying to do things different uh, or, or, or try and reinvent the wheel and they don't need to. So outside of Mitch Trubisky, I don't think Matt Daggy's going anywhere. So for me, it's just Mitch Trubisky. They've got a good defense. I think they've really got a good team around. It just comes down to that quarterback position. Last but not least, the Monday Night Football game between the Packers and the Vikings. Green Bay coming away with a 23-10 win here. Uh man, Packers screwed me. Not even going to lie. A little bit salty about this one. So Aaron Rodgers, 26-40, 216 yards and one interception to get you 9.3 points. Aaron Jones, 154 yards and two touchdowns on 23 carries in this one. Does give you... uh just six yards on two catches in the receiving game. Uh, won a lot of people their championships last night, especially on that second run. Knocked me out of two of them. So congratulations to those of you who won on that Aaron Jones run. Uh, he definitely came through for you in a big way uh, in that, again, 28 points. And then Devontae Adams, the really only wide receiver threat they have there right now. 116 yards on 13 catches. Uh, had a drop touchdown as well, 17.1 points. Uh, for Green Bay, I think it's really just improving that rush defense. I, I mean, I know they were good last night. It was the third string running back in Mike Boone. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't think the Packers need much. They definitely need to try and find somebody opposite of Devontae Adams. That being said, uh, as someone who owns Devontae Adams in a couple dynasty leagues, I'm okay with them not doing that. Uh, cause that means Aaron Rodgers is just going to continue to feed that dude and they can't stop him. Just like Michael Thomas, uh, in New Orleans, they know the ball's going to him and yet they can't stop him. So I'm cool with it, but I do imagine they're going to try and get somebody or maybe see if ESB or one of these guys uh, who got hurt earlier in the year can step up. Uh, but I definitely think that's their biggest question and in, in stopping the run. And then if they can find somebody else opposite of Devontae Adams. On Minnesota side here, Kirk Cousins fails again on Monday Night Football. Still don't think it was all his fault, but, you know, it's going to go on him. 16-31, 122, one touchdown, one interception, 7.9 points. Amir Abdullah is the best running back on the day, which, of course, we all expected. 27 yards on this one on four carries, added 31 yards on six catches to come in with 8.8 points. Mike Boone, man, he probably pissed a lot of people off and cost a lot of people their championships last night, unfortunately. Unfortunately, 28 yards on 11 carries, 5 yards on 1 catch, 3.8 points. And then Stefan Diggs has caught a touchdown against the Packers, it seems like, every time they play. One touchdown on three catches and 57 yards to come in with 13.2 points. Adam Thielen shut out as well on just four targets. For Minnesota, man, they need to improve that offensive line. It is just god-awful, and I mean god-awful. I'll be interested to hear what Matt and Tony think about Mike Zimmer. I know they're making the playoffs. I would not be surprised if they move on from him. He is just, for whatever reason, he wants to do this – 
run the ball and play defense. And they definitely have had, for the most part, a decent defense the past couple years. They're getting thrown all over. They need to improve that secondary. They need to improve that rush a little bit more. Dalvin Cook, I think, is the reason why their running attack has been so good, not their offensive line. They cannot pass block worth shit. I think a lot of people put it on Kirk Cousins. I would say a lot of it's on that offensive line. When Zendarius Smith is just standing back there as soon as Kirk Cousins snaps the ball and says, hey, buddy, how you doing? And sacks him for like the 30th time in that game. That's an offensive line issue, not a Kirk Cousins issue. Other than that, I think it's just the defense and then the offensive line. They've got great skill position players on the offensive side, and Irv Smith knew it. Now at tight end, probably going to be the guy next year. Diggs, Thielen, Cook. I mean, they're loaded. They're going to be in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. They seem to be locked into that sixth seed, so they're likely going to get a tough matchup against more than likely the Saints, I believe, will be the uh, the three seed. So that's going to be rough. That's uh, not going to be an easy game for them going into the Dome and trying to win there in New Orleans. So that's it. Guys, that wraps up week 16. Thank you guys so much for listening, obviously, especially those of you who have listened all season. Any new listeners? No, we appreciate it. We're, we're going to go all season long, just like we did last year. We're going to start moving into more off-season stuff, as I know a lot of people don't really play in week 17 matchups. So we will, uh, Thursday, we'll be back. Me, Matt, and Tony will talk about, uh, obviously, what we think might happen with Black Monday. Me and Matt will probably recap the most important games of Week 17 on Monday. Then we'll, we'll definitely jump into all the uh, the Black Monday stuff. And once we get uh, playoff time, we'll probably move to just two podcasts a week, maybe three, as we'll preview playoff games and everything going on, any breaking news. And then as we move through the Super Bowl, it'll come extremely prospect-heavy. So if you guys are looking for a show that will We'll probably try and keep them right around 30 to 45 minutes, and we'll be all just talking about prospects, rookie drafts, everything. We'll probably do the same thing we did last year. We talked about team storylines and different stuff, moving free agents, all that stuff. We will have it all covered here at the roundtable. As I said, we go all year long. Might take a few breaks here and there just based on family stuff and vacation times, but we'll try and at least get one podcast a week out for sure. It'll be interesting. I said we, we've kind of brought on Mr. Matthew Fox, who you can find at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter and Mr. Tony Dyer. You can find him at Commissioner MR. Also has his Huddle Up football podcast, which is phenomenal. Check that out as well. Uh, we've brought them on this season. They've been awesome to have, so it'll be fun to, to interact now with four people in the offseason compared to it was just me and Dennis, and obviously Dennis, the guy who's been with me the longest here. You can find him at Culture underscore Coach, Managing Editor over at Dynasty Nerds. Phenomenal follow on Twitter. Phenomenal guy. So we'll, we'll, the four of us will be here throughout the offseason at different times talking about different stuff and everything so we hope you guys stick around with us have everybody have yourselves it is christmas eve here so have yourself a merry christmas happy holidays to you and your families again guys thank you so much for for listening interacting with us on twitter it truly means a lot to us uh really kind of keeps us going on this podcast if you guys get a minute rate review subscribe to the podcast it would mean a lot from us we've we've seen our reviews jump up a lot and it's awesome It, it really makes us appreciate it you don't have to give us five stars if you don't want to uh you know if you do put a one or two or three star tell us why even four star you know if there's something you'd like to see different with the show think we do things uh in a bad way i'm always open to criticism you can always hit me up on twitter on dm at sports fanatic mb that was easy for me to say at sports fanatic mb or uh you know leave the review we're fine with it either way we're going i'm going to try once uh, the offseason gets you to do more of the jersey giveaways as well kind of moved away from that just because it has been a hectic season guys i apologize about that we'll get back to more of that stuff as well so again have yourselves a merry christmas happy holidays and i will talk to you guys again on thursday have a good one prepare 
for glory. What's going on? You got your popcorn ready. You got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump.